A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone. It's Kareem, the voice of Simon Fairchild in the Magnus Archives. Today, I'm here to tell you about The Hyacinth Disaster, a thrilling sci-fi podcast that recently launched on the RQ Network. The Hyacinth Disaster is a sci-fi found footage podcast which follows the events of The Hyacinth Disaster, the worst and most cataclysmic disaster of 2151 AD. In the future of The Hyacinth Disaster, Mars and the moons of Jupiter have been colonised, and between them lie 150 million resource-rich asteroids. A dozen supercorporations compete beyond the reach of civilised law, battling for these incalculable resources. Beneath them, a thousand contract mining crews struggle to prosper despite the best efforts of their employers. All of this sets the scene for what leads to the Hyacinth Disaster. Search for the Hyacinth Disaster wherever you listen to your podcasts.
or visit www.rustyquill.com for more information. Have fun. See you later. Hi, welcome to Camp Flying Moose. I'm Sasha Sienna. I play Georgie Barker on the Magnus Archives, or I played Georgie Barker on the Magnus Archives. My pronouns are she, he, or they, and I'm going to be your camp counsellor or a GM for today's session of Camp Flying Moose. So with me, I have Lowry, Frank, and Annie. Frank, who are you? Hi, I'm Frank, Frank Voss. I played Basira Hussain in the Magnus Archives. My pronouns are they, them, and I will be playing Violet, who I've on the spot decided is a girl in like the way, like, if another girl was in the room and then she ran in after and kind of absorbed the essence of what was left. And her pronouns are they, she. Thank you very much. <laughs> Feeling pressure to follow that. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, Lowry, since you've said that you're feeling so pressured to follow that, would you like to follow no, that? that was the correct call. Hello, I'm Lowry. I was producer for Magnus Archives from about halfway through season four and also played Celia slash Lynn Hammond. I really had to reach for that name then in Magnus. My pronouns are she, her, and I am playing Rowan, whose pronouns are also she, her, and... I am deciding on the spot, is a little bit of a nerd. Oh. Mm. And Annie, who are you? Hi, I'm Annie Fitch. I am one of the vocal editors for the Magnus Archives from end of season four through all of season five. My pronouns are she, her. And today I'm going to be playing Ivy. Pronouns are she, they. I'm actually, I have to say, the mental image I have of Ivy is a little bit based off of my sister in real life when she was about this age. Very kind of intimidating to look at, got taller and wider than all the rest of her class very quick, but not a violent or threatening person at all, just wants to be friends with everyone. Aww. That's nice. That is nice. And I think brings us on to a lovely start for this session. Camp Flying Moose is a really fantastic indie RPG designed by Alicia Furness. And if you are familiar with Lumberjanes, it's basically powered by the Apocalypse Light Lumberjanes role-playing game. It's really great fun. The full name of the camp is Camp Flying Moose for Girls of All Kinds. And it's basically if there was like a Gravity Falls summer camp, but also there were regular social justice workshops alongside your arts and crafts. (laughs) I love that. It's such a good game and I really recommend it wholeheartedly. So what I thought we'd start with is part of character creation in this game. You've got your kind of your stats and your moves, which I have assigned to you essentially. But there's also some really lovely bits of characterization. So I thought it would be a very nice way to introduce the various characters by asking you some details about who you are. So Annie, let's start with you. All right. And uh, Ivy, if that's okay. So the first question is, how many years have you been coming to camp? I think Ivy's been coming to camp for about three years now. This is either her third or fourth year at the camp. Long enough to make it part of the routine, be something to expect, not be in a new place, but uh, not a veteran, as it were. <laughs> okay, and Lowry, how long has Rowan been coming to camp? I think five years. She's been coming since she was very young. And uh, Frank, what about Violet? I was going to say five years as well. I feel like, you know, Violet's a problem child, so her parents are just like, <laughs> just go. 
Just go for a little while, please. Just like it's three weeks of the year, we can just get rid of you. Yeah. Oh, oh no. And Frank, what's an item that Violet carries with her at all times? Set of lockpicks. She doesn't know how to use them, but she has them. <laughs> Is it the kind of thing where she's always telling people that she knows how to use them, but actually they don't? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. And Annie, what about Ivy? What is an item that Ivy always has with her at all times? Ivy always carries with her a sort of drawstring backpack that is full of miscellaneous snacks, primarily graham crackers and the lot. But Nice. Nice. Yeah. And Lowry, what about Rowan? Rowan's always got a hair tie because, <laughs> you know, you need to get your hair out of your face at camp if you're going to mm. do things properly. That's Smart very important. Kid. That's true. So, Lowry, who was your best friend at camp? <sighs> right, so I'm looking at Rowan's stats. Rowan has plus one in friendship. I think she's friendly with everyone, but is it too sad for the camp counsellor to be her best friend? Oh, oh no. <laughs> that goes against the stat, doesn't it? That goes against the stat. She's friendly with everyone. Well, she can be friendly with everyone, but her best friend can still be the camp counsellor. That's true. Yeah. Hmm. I, I guess that kind of implies that she's friendly with everyone, but not everyone likes her. Oh no. <laughs> Or we could always have it like the camp counsellor might be like her big sister or her slightly Uh, older cousin, especially if she's been coming here for five years. Like she might be 16 and then the camp counsellor is, say, 18. They might be related or neighbours at home or something. mm, Okay, yeah, counsellor is her older cousin. I'm going to be playing like the name of the GM in the game is the camp counsellor. So I'm essentially going to be playing your cabin counsellor do you want that counsellor to be your best friend or do you want it to be like the camp counsellor who's in charge of teaching you archery or the camp counsellor who's in charge of feminist poetry readings or <gasps> i quite like the idea that it's someone that maybe we don't necessarily meet oh ah, okay unless that throws a spanner in the works for you no that's absolutely fine it's such a something to keep in the back pocket for if we need more peril or- <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> There aren't libraries at camp. I've never been to a camp, so maybe I should have flagged that earlier. Yeah, it's not a thing we do here, so I'm like, I'm basing this all off like cartoons. And- I mean, I think I'm basing this off the Adams family, actually. <laughs> right. Yeah, so my touchstones for this are very much Lumberjanes, the Adams family, the recent TV show of the Babysitter's Club, which I watched despite being 32 years of age because I loved those books so much as a child. And similar media properties. Like, we don't really have summer camps in the UK. I did get sent several times to Bible summer camp because my family was that kind of evangelical Christian. Wow. But I'm going to be honest, Camp Flying Moose sounds better. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, we didn't have a library at that camp. It was mostly just tents and a lot of praying. No, there was some fun stuff too. They didn't make us pray all the time, but there wasn't a library there, but I feel like there can't be a library at Camp Flying Moose. Yeah, and okay. I will now say, yes, there is. Cool. My cousin has access to the books. Ooh. We're both kind of nerdy. Do you want to give your cousin a name? What's another tree that is of a name? Willow? Willow. Yeah, that's lovely. Um, Frank, who is Violet's best friend at camp? Violet's best friend is Jem with a G. They're a theatre kid. Nice. We're about the same age. I think Violet's about 15. I think they're both about 15. And Jem is just always practising their soliloquies, memorising scripts, using the arts and crafts classes to make costumes and props. Nice. 
So is Jem very much the like actor type of theater kid rather than the like the behind the scenes? Yeah, thing? yeah. This is a very crucial question. Has the casting for the big theater production this summer been announced yet? Not yet, but Jem's going for the main role. Yeah, of course. And Annie, what about Ivy's best friend at camp? Well, it's funny. I had an answer for if you picked me first, but it almost ended up working better that you didn't because I think that Ivy believes that her best friend at camp is Rowan. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> because Rowan was here for a couple of years before Ivy came along. And Ivy, she was sort of the first person that Ivy felt comfortable sitting down eating lunch with and talking to and everything. And I mean, Ivy has friendship plus two, so she's kind of friends with literally the whole camp. But Rowan was the first person that she really actually befriended at the camp. I really like the idea that most other people at camp think that Ivy is their best friend. Yeah, right. But Ivy thinks that Rowan is their best friend. (laughs) (laughs) And Annie, what is Ivy an expert at at camp? The sports, physical activities, everything from nature walks to sort of more recreational time where they play like team sports. Does she have a favorite sport? Soccer. Excellent. Lori, what is Rowan an expert at at camp? I'm very good at camp law. So I wonder, do I know the layout of the camp really, really well? Yeah, you can do. So yeah, I would like to know the layout of the camp very well because I've been going for like five years, right? Yeah. Okay, so I'll say that you not only do you know the layout very well, but you also know which cupboards hold which supplies. Yeah, and yeah. Where the counsellors go to hang out together secretly after lights out sometimes. Yeah, where the good snacks are kept. Oh, maybe that's why Ivy likes me, because I ha- I know where all the good snacks are for <laughs> yeah. her bag. My bag's <laughs> good basis for any friendship, snacks. Yeah. It is. I, I have made many friends that mm-hmm. way. And Frank, what about Violet? What are they an expert at at camp? It's just being where she shouldn't be a skill. Is that something you can be an expert in? <laughs> okay, yeah. No, let's let's call that a skill. I like that skill. <laughs> yeah, it's just like sometimes it's like she snuck off somewhere. Sometimes it's literally like you open a cupboard and there, there she is. <laughs> You're looking for the Jaffa cakes. <laughs> First, Violet. Before we get started with the actual session, just going to let everybody at home know that we've already had a discussion about the kind of tone that we want to set with this game and kind of what our lines are. So we have decided to go for a kind of 12A slash PG-13 experience, which means that there can be peril and there may be a dreamboat swimming instructor or something, but there's not going to be anything graphic. And in fact, the game itself says this is not a kind of game where any harm is going to come to the characters. So we're going to be playing in line with that. And we're also going to be using script change. So that means that if anybody wants to stop the game, we can say stop or pause. If anybody wants to change something that's happened in the game, we can say rewind. If we want to establish that something's happened, but not linger on it, we can say fast forward, just skip ahead. And we can say instant replay to clarify something or to play around with the role playing a little bit. So before we actually start playing, I'm going to ask all of you to create the cabin and the camp counsellor that is in charge of your cabin, whom I will be playing. I've got a couple of questions. First of all, is there anybody else in your cabin? Or is it just the three of you? Typically speaking, I mean, I think on average eight to 12 kids per Mm. one counsellor in a cabin, just Mm -hmm. a series of bunks in each cabin. That feels like it might be too many, though. Is there maybe a fourth person who 
is just never in. (laughs) (laughs) We can absolutely have a fourth person. There are a lot of girls at Camp Flying Moose, but this is a fantastical camp, so it can be as many or as few people per cabin as you Mm. like. And we don't necessarily have to actually zoom in on most of the people in the cabin as well if you do want it to be a bit bigger. Six seems to me seems like a reasonable like mesh between we don't want too many people around, but you know, it's not realistic. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to go with six too. I was gonna say yep. just the same. Okay, so we'll go with six kids. Do you want to come up with names for them now, or do you want me to see if they come up? Pepper them in, maybe. Can one of them be called Pepper? You just said Pepper, <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, I'll take it. Yes. I'll give you Ruby. Good names. Oh god, I'm feeling under pressure. All oh, my brain is going, it's going Dryad. <laughs> okay, Dryad's parents are hippies. That's okay. fine. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Are the cabins here based on something like alphabetically by surname, or are they completely random, or have you actually requested to be in a cabin together? I think that Ivy's definitely requested to be in a cabin with Rowan. I think that much for sure. And Rowan just is friends with everyone. She's like, yeah, it's cool, whatever, I don't mind. (laughs) I like the idea of like, it's randomized, but you can make requests. Mm. Right. So maybe we don't know who requested and who was randomly put in. Oh, I quite like that. That feels like some sort of intrigue. (laughs) (laughs) I love the stakes for setting. I love the stakes for setting. What about the camp counsellor who is also assigned to your cabin? I like the idea of someone who's like, they act like they're annoyed, but they secretly just really adore all the kids. Yes. I yeah. really like that. Yeah. yeah, And that kind of combines mine, because I was going to say, I'm kind of having either like someone who is so into it or so over it. And I quite like that that's a, a melding of the two almost. Mm. Mm. I would think that she would have been like a former camper who did the thing where you age out of camp, but you still want to go. So you become a counselor. Yeah. But since we're teenagers, she has to act aloof about it. Like, oh, I guess I'll just go back to this camp, whatever. I'm not doing anything else, but like (laughs) secretly really excited. Did she go to Camp Moose or did she go to a different camp and is a bit like it's not as good as the camp I went to? I don't know. (laughs) Is that too much? I was thinking that she would have been flying moose because, I mean, I was partially drawing off because there was a summer camp that I went to for a couple of years that was not like a camp camp, but still, you know, like a day school during summer. As soon as I aged out of it, I immediately returned and started working there as a counselor, like immediately because I wanted to go back. But it's just add that extra layer of aloofness about pretending to be annoyed mm. at being back and, you know, being so teenager, like, well, whatever, I guess I'm back here about it. But like secretly <laughs> really hyped to still be yeah. able to go. If she was at Camp Flying Moose as a teen herself and is now back pretending to be aloof but actually really into it was she a camper then at the same time as maybe rowan and ivy were campers sorry rowan and violet since those two have been at the camp for a long time Ooh, that's a good question it feels like she would have had to have been then yeah if that's the yeah. fact so you know have a counselor who used to be just another camper with you who's one of the older girls that's interesting yeah how do Rowan and Violet kind of treat that change in relationship? Are they less respectful? Are they trying to be a little bit extra chummy? I think Rowan, I don't want it to be like a suck up, but <laughs> 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 I thought I had an end to that sentence, but I didn't. <laughs> just like, but Perfect. I guess that's where it's going. She just respects the chain of command and that's yes. fine. Yeah. Yes. Things are laid out the way they are for a reason. (laughs) Our counsellor has done her time with us. 
Who better? <laughs> Who better to organise our fun? Violet has no respect. That has nothing to do with this counsellor. Violet just has no respect. <laughs> Violet just has no respect, <laughs> right. What about Ivy? Where does Ivy sit on the authority of camp counsellors in general? I think that Ivy unintentionally disrespects authority sometimes, but mostly just because she just thinks of everyone as being like friends. So authority figures to mm. her are just other like people she should be friendly with mm-hmm. rather than like doesn't treat them as being on a different level, tries to almost imagine herself as being at the same level as them. And that causes some unintentional friction sometimes. Mm. What is the counselor's name? I've had two names come to mind. I've had Stevie and Colette. Ooh. Those are two very different names. I, know. I like Stevie. I really like Stevie. Oh, okay. We're going with Stevie. Lastly, would you like to name your cabin? I was going to say Redwood. When I did an outdoor education, I was in Redwood cabin. Ooh, I like Redwood. Pepper and Ruby. I kind of associate those with the color red as well. Like Yeah. Mm. We have Ivy, Violet, and Rowan, who are three of the six girls in Redwood Cabin, and their counsellor is Stevie, a former camp attendee. Okay, um, has anybody got any questions before we begin the adventure? Small thing, I can't remember how Powered by the Apocalypse works, but I trust that we're just going to be fine as we go through. And Yes, you have five generic moves. They are make friends, investigate a mystery, adrenaline, which means like perform some sort of feat of strength, be quick as a bunny, move quickly, create the perfect tool, or the power of friendship, which is where you can help each other out. That's actually six moves, isn't it? (laughs) And then you each on your sheets have two special moves, which you can use anytime you like. And uh, what you do when you want to do one of those moves is I will ask you to roll 2d6 and then add the relevant stat. So for instance, if you are rolling make friends, I will ask you to roll 2d6 plus friendship. So the layout of camp flying moose is much like any idyllic forest camp. It sits in the heart of a forest that is incredibly dark, incredibly dense, and incredibly verdant. And then to the other edge, there is a beautiful turquoise lake called Frog Lake, though there are no frogs. (laughs) There is a mountain to the north side called Mount Upright, And there's a cabin there that you sometimes do little treks to, to stay the night. There is an arts and crafts building, a big dining hall. There's a library. There's a theater space. And any other activity you want, there will be that as well. And then there's a little village called Frank's Bay, very close by, where sometimes you take little day trips to go and pick up shopping bits or volunteer in the local community. You've been at camp for about a week by now this year. Although since you've all been before, you're quite familiar with kind of the routine and the layout of the place. You're also quite familiar with the what was at one time troubling noises coming from the forest and Mount Upright. But by now, you know, you know that it's absolutely fine. There are some slight howls and scratches at night, but it's been three years and nothing bad has ever happened. You've all learned to sleep through it quite well. This morning... You wake up, as you always do, by the crowing of the artificial crow that the camp leader, (laughs) Millie, has installed on the main building. There were actual crows, but it turns out that they didn't actually normally want to crow at the right time. They tend to do dawn, and Millie doesn't really like to sleep that short of a time. She likes to wake up 
at like eight, not at five. So she got artificial crows instead. When you do get up, are you like early risers? Are you kind of groggy? What's your routine? Well, Rowan loves routine. She gets up when the cock crows and just gets straight on with it, you know, into the bathroom hut. The shower hut. Yeah, yeah. I like to think that there's probably like there's a bathroom hut, but there's also those outdoor showers as well. Mm. Mm for people who really want to feel at one with nature. <laughs> I don't think Rowan does. She's very happy with the bathroom <laughs> hut. And, you know, it's ready on time for breakfast, of course. They're a little early, mm. actually. Yeah. I would say Ivy is not a morning person. Very much the type to wake up and kind of wander with one eye still slightly closed, not quite able to crack their eyelid all the way, mumbling a bit all morning, hair all wild. She definitely always manages to pull it together for breakfast. I think Violet is like the type who's like, she's wide awake. She's aware. She's alert. She just refuses to get out of bed until she absolutely has to. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So Rowan is up straight as soon as the crowing comes and Mm -hmm. out the door to the bathroom hut before Stevie's actually even really opened her eyes properly. And then it is another good 15 minutes before Stevie kind of actually rolls out of bed and immediately goes to kind of shove at Ivy and Violet, saying, Get up! Come on! It's mm. breakfast time! Uh. Come on, we'll miss the Cocoa Puffs! Uh. Okay, Cocoa Puffs okay. is all right, stupid. All right. Let's move. Let's go. All right. So you emerge from your sleeping bags. I assume that this is the kind of camp that has sleeping bags. And trundle down to the dining hall. But when you get outside, you notice... The place has almost been trashed. The camp is largely made up of wooden buildings and a lot of like wooden equipment and all the fences, a lot of the little wooden stairs, a lot of the equipment's just been smashed to pieces. There's gouges in the floor and like scratch marks on a lot of the painted buildings. You've never seen this much mess. Not at camp anyway. Um, I know. I know what you're all thinking. And it wasn't me. How did we sleep through this? I mean, I don't know about you, I can sleep through anything, but... Maybe it was just a very quiet tornado? Rowan looks forlornly at the timetable of the day that she's been carrying. Well, I suppose the the day's all out now, isn't it? I mean, breakfast is supposed to be at seven, and... Well, there's no breakfast hall. Well, there's still a breakfast hall, so the buildings are still standing. Oh, okay. The buildings are still standing. (laughs) It looks more like there's been some sort of high-octane wrestling match. (laughs) You know, so buildings are still standing, but um, anything that could have 300-pound wrestler thrown against it and then collapse, that has happened. Well, not that a 300-pound wrestler has been thrown against it, but it has collapsed. (laughs) Or maybe they have. (laughs) Mystery solved, everyone. It was John Cena. (laughs) That's the level of destruction we're going for. Like, folding chairs are broken. Fences are broken. Buildings are standing. But buildings are still standing. But their jaunty, colourful paintwork is all scratched up. Do we see anyone else coming out of their cabins at the same time and all? Yes. So it is about the time for breakfast. So a lot of the girls are coming out of their own cabins and they are all reacting exactly the same as you are and kind of looking around stunned. Stevie comes out of the cabin, kind of looks at everything and goes, Ugh! Kids make such a mess. I didn't do it. Stevie, Stevie, look at the... There's like claw marks on the wall. Look at that. that, That's wild. Look at that. I'm sure it's not claw marks. It'll be 
I don't know, someone's got some equipment and gone throwing it around or waving some sticks. Look at it. I think that 7am is breakfast time, so we should just go and get some food and then find out what happened. Because this is... Look at the paint. We spent hours painting that last week. Look, look at... It's, it's, all, it's all in disarray. Look, the timetable is out. Don't say that, Violet. We've got to throw the timetable away. Look at this. I mean, with that said, I'm not going to argue with breakfast. I could use a little food. Rowan is going to go and have breakfast because, you know, you need a full stomach to work things out. Hmm. And that's the routine. And when things have gone awry, she's going to fall back on her routine. Oh, yeah. And like the mm-hmm. reaction of the campers is very much split into, oh, my word, what's happened? And, well, I still need to eat. <laughs> and so uh, plenty of people are still filing into the dining hall. So, yeah, you can head in. There's plenty of different options. You know, you can have your... Um, your cereal and your fruits and your yogurts, or you can also have greasy cooked things as well. Do any of you have like preferences for what kind of breakfasts you like to eat? Ivy's loading up a plate with like half a Belgian waffle, three or four pieces of bacon, a whole pile of scrambled eggs. Just a very, very full plate. May indeed go back for seconds depending on how the morning goes. Usually Rowan would have like quite a sensible breakfast, like porridge or something like that, but it is camp, it is holiday, so she's having some kind of chocolate cereal. Aww. Because, you know, she's letting loose a bit. <laughs> but not quite letting her hair down. She's got that hair tie. Everything's such a mess. It might be needed soon. <laughs> Violet usually tends to favour just a lot of sweet things, but today Violet is just going to try and just basically run in, grab some toast, run back out and start looking around at what happened. Nice. Let's start with Ivy and Rowan, who are getting their breakfast treats. I have made myself hungry now. <laughs> getting their breakfast treats. And sitting down. So the kind of social sphere of Camp Flying Moose is usually very easygoing. It is a camp for teenagers, and so naturally there are friendship groups, but it's one of the less cliquey camps and there's often plenty of people that you're happy to sit with and uh, a lot of kind of coming and going between tables. But not today. The layout of the dining hall is like those long, big tables with benches. So there's three mm. long, big tables with benches. And um, it's usually kind of freeform. But today, the two outside tables and benches, some girls have kind of like packed themselves quite closely all along one side of the bench. And then the other table, like the furthest bench opposite them, some more girls will kind of pack themselves quite closely. If somebody tries to come and sit opposite them or sit next to them, usually you'd expect people to turn around, but this time they're just kind of ignoring them. And you get the feeling there's some animosity going on Mm. between the two groups. This is like backs to the two opposite walls of the dining hall, sort of facing yes. towards the middle. So they're facing each other. Yeah. And it's making it very awkward for anybody to try and sit on the table in between because mm. they just keep craning their necks and like glaring at each other. So most people are moving on. This is upsetting because Rowan does sit in the same seat every morning on the middle table. And so obviously would like to sit there. Does she have friends in both groups, if that makes sense? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Unless you would like her to only have friends in one group or, or to mm. not have any friends in either. No, both groups, I think. I guess I'll turn to Ivy and say, this is weird. 
Is there an event today where we're supposed to be split into groups? Why Why are we... I haven't heard anything. If you haven't heard it, I don't know where it's going to reach my ears from. You're the one with the schedule. Well, well this is... T- this is quite disconcerting, actually. There's Cassie. I'm going to ask Cassie. Cassie! Yeah, so you kind of wave and shout to Cassie. Cassie looks at you, acknowledges you, you know, like nods or gives a little wave, but then instead of kind of inviting you over like she usually would or yelling out, hey, Rowan, she just turns back and starts talking to the person next to her. Are there any counsellors around or, like, staff or something? Yeah, so Stevie has come to the dining hall at the same time as you and uh, is sitting in, there's, like, a little corner table where the counsellors tend to sit and Mm. be, air quote, grown-ups together. (laughs) Yeah. I think that having seen... Rowan try to talk to Cassie and Cassie do that. I think Ivy's kind of aware on some level that she's friends with everybody. So I think that seeing Cassie turn away, she's going to go up and try to sit opposite her and talk to her again, thinking that maybe she'll have more success and mm. possible I'd like throw a friendship on it. Ordinarily, make friends is kind of geared for mysterious creatures, but I'm absolutely going to let you roll friendship for just also the other girls in the camp. Please tell me how you will approach Cassie and what kind of topic of conversation you're trying to engage her with. Then roll 2d6 and add your friendship, which is a plus two. So you're going to add the 2d6 together and then plus two. I think that Ivy is going to approach the table the opposite bench very, very casually, kind of almost pretending not to notice what like the division in the room and everything. And just kind of full of friendly energy, just pop the tray down and go... Hey, Cassie, how's it going? Hey, is it okay if I sit here? Just kind of like that. That is an eight. An eight, okay. So, yeah, she will look at you and kind of say, yeah, yeah, go ahead and sit. She won't immediately engage you, but she will respond to a question if you want to ask her one. I'm going to, as I'm sitting down, I'm going to wave Rowan over behind you. Yeah, she'll definitely come and sit with you. Probably Violet too, but I don't know if Violet is even somewhere I can see them right now. Oh no, I left immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm trying to think of how I want to approach the question. I guess Ivy's method would probably be a little bit more roundabout. I guess it would probably be something like, so what was up with outside? There was scratch marks on the walls. What was all that? She'll kind of turn towards you and say, I know, isn't it strange? I think someone must have it in for us, maybe? I don't know. I think it's really irresponsible. The camp in general, or...? Yeah, the camp in general. I mean, it seems like a really mean-spirited thing to do. It does. Don't you think? It does. Can I roll investigate to, like, try and ask on the back of that question, so why are we sitting like this today? Okay, yeah, go ahead and roll investigate, but rather than say that you're going to be trying to, like, connect with Cassie, Hmm. person to person... I'm going to ask if you would like to come at it from an angle of trying to intuit something about the way that they're kind of reacting to each other or the way that they're acting okay. towards other campers. Maybe I'll just ask, so um, is there like a team event going on today? Like, why are we split into two? And it's 2d6, right? So I got yeah, so it's 2d6, add it together, and then add your smarts. Eleven. Wow. Okay. So I asked to say, there's no event. Because you rolled an 11, you may ask me two questions about the situation. Mm. Now, the questions given in the game mm. 
are very much about like to try to identify something mysterious. I like to broaden and investigate out a little bit and say it's for anything mysterious phenomenon as well as an object. So I'm not going to ask you to stick to the specific questions, but to give an idea of like the scope, it's like, what is this thing called? Is it an imminent danger? How can we protect it? That sort of thing. So you may ask two such questions. I guess, why are we sitting like this? (laughs) Is one of the questions. And is it something to do with what happened outside? So do you want to ask me those questions or do you want to ask Cassie those questions? I want help from my teammates. I don't know. (laughs) I can't do decisions. (laughs) I don't know. It's hard because I feel like obviously asking the GM is more useful. I feel like asking Cassie would be really fun. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I am. So, Cassie, why are we sitting like this? Oh, you mean on two different tables? Yeah. We usually sit all over the cafeteria. Oh, yeah, well, I think I just thought I'd sit with, like, my friends today, you know, like, my friend group. I know everybody says it about camp, but I feel like these girls are my sisters, so I want to sit with them. Okay, but you're wearing a friendship bracelet that Ruth gave you yesterday, and she's on the other table. Are you not sisters? Oh, no, that's my other question! Damn it, did I just blow my other question? (laughs) Do you want me to answer it? Yeah, I asked it. Go on. Yeah, okay. (laughs) She'll look at Ruth. She'll look at the friendship bracelet. She'll look confused look at Ruth and look at the friendship bracelet and look at Ruth and look at the friendship bracelet eventually after it's like she's kind of done that white woman looking at maths meme (laughs) (laughs) she will take off the friendship bracelet (gasps) oh before we end the episode I think let's just quickly check in with Violet who left the dining hall Frank, is there anything particular that Violet would like to do while she's eating their snacks? They are just like... Ivy seemed really fixated on all these scratch marks. Violet's just going to like try and look and be like, would a stick do this? Would, would my hands mm. do that? What kind of scratch marks are these? Would you like to roll investigate? I would love to roll investigate. Oh, if only I had any smarts. <laughs> what have you got? Zero? Six. Six. Okay. So you look at the scratch marks... You try to give it a swipe with your hands. That doesn't fit. You try to find a stick to see if you can get it to make the same marks. You just manage to scratch up the buildings more. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to tell if it looks exactly the same because you've kind of scratched over the other marks. But it definitely looks worse than it did. I will hastily look around to see if there's any counsellors. I'm going to make a little roll. Sometimes I like to make a little roll. Yeah, make a roll. Yeah, there is a camp counsellor. Stevie has just wandered out of the dining hall just in time to see you scratch up the buildings (laughs) and says, Violet, come here. No. (laughs) You've been making this scratches worse. Did you do this in the first place? No, I told you I didn't do it. I knew it was suspicious that you said it wasn't you immediately. Because I knew you'd think it was me. Well, I definitely think it's you now. But it wasn't me. Look, the stick can't... I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure the stick can't do scratches like that. That's what I was trying to find out. I'm just trying to help you, Stevie. Well, it doesn't look very helpful. Now we have to paint even more. I'm going to have to tell Millie about this. (gasps) No, you don't have to tell Millie. So Millie is the woman who owns the camp, and she is a very formidable presence... A little bit of a, like, 
Rosie the Riveter lumberjack type. So Violet, have you ever crossed paths with Millie before? Like, have you ever essentially been sent to Millie before? Yeah, considering what that, probably a couple of times, yeah. Okay. How naturally inclined to find that stressful is Violet? Oh, very. Okay. Because it's going to get back to my parents. Oh, yeah, it will get back to your parents. Oh, no. Millie definitely will be, like, keeping your parents in the loop about your well-being, but you will also know that she doesn't always react to things the way that you expect her to react to things. And while something will get back to your parents, it might not be the whole story. Yeah, she's weird and unpredictable, and I don't like that in an adult. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, so Stevie will say, come on, we're going to go see Millie right now. What if, instead, I gave you some gum? I think let's wrap up the episode right there on the suspense. The suspenseful question of whether an offer of a stick of gum will save Violet. So thank you very much for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, everyone. It's Helen here, the voice of Azu, Enola, and Laverne. Today, I'm here to tell you about Woe Begone, a podcast launched on the RQ Network. Woe Begone is a weekly horror sci-fi audio drama series about the nature of power and the implications of linear time. Woe Begone follows Mike Walters, who discovers a mysterious and violent online game. What begins as an exploration of an alternate reality game with real-life consequences quickly becomes a search for the technology that makes the game possible. Each episode has a unique soundtrack composed by creator and writer Dylan Griggs. Listen to Woe Begone, spelled Woe period begone, wherever you listen to podcasts. Or check out woebegonepod.com 
for episodes and transcripts. Have fun and see you later. Thing to camp flying moose for girls of all kinds. I have been Sasha Sienna and with me has been Lori. Frank. Oh, oh sorry, Lori. Lori. You've been you. I have been Frank. <laughs> and I've been oh Annie. <laughs> Annie, who have you been? I've been Lori. Yay. Wonderful. <laughs> Come back for part two next week. Bye. Bye bye. This episode is distributed by Rusty Quill and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. For more information, visit rustyquill.com. Tweet us at the Rusty Quill, visit us on Facebook or email us at mail at rustyquill.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>